Welcome to Law Technology Now with attorney Monica Bay, editor-in-chief of ALM's award-winning Law Technology News Magazine and website. Here's the latest hot topic in the intersection of law and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, editor-in-chief of Law Technology News with ALM in New York City. And we are happy to be back with Law Technology Now. Uh, we have a, a, a exciting program for you today with Robert Ambrosi. And Bob has been with me at Law Technology News since literally the day I was named editor. Um, and I frantically called him up because I had a big hole and we were closing in three days and said, Bob, can you write a column about the web? And that was the beginning of WebWatch, which is one of our award-winning. I lost count of how many you've won, Bob. So let me first start by introducing Bob Ambrosi. And Bob, tell our listeners if, there's, if there could be one that has not already heard of you, a little bit about what you do. Monica, uh, pleasure to be back on your show. And uh, I'm a lawyer in Massachusetts. Uh, I've been blogging and writing about technology for a long, long time. And uh, and I'm also uh, returning to the Legal Talk Network soon. Our, our podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, will be... Uh, Resuming again shortly, so uh, looking forward to that. Absolutely wonderful news. I'm so thrilled to hear that because we had we had a really good run uh, with our our friends in Boston, and we're just thrilled to be working with the LA team and the Denver team now. So thank you to the new company, which is based in Los Angeles and Denver. So we have a great topic for you today, Bob. You and I have both been uh, on the road quite a bit this year. We had a phenomenal Legal Tech New York, which our company ALM does, with a record twelve thousand attendees and incredible programs. And I know you and Sean Doherty, who's our technology editor here, just got back from Chicago uh, for ABA Tech Show. Uh, what what trends do you see in Chicago right now? Uh, yeah, that's right. I was at uh, Tech Show in Chicago, and uh, it was like like Legal Tech in New York. It was uh, a great attendance, uh, a, a large number of vendors there exhibiting, uh, a large number of lawyers attending, um, and I, I I kind of saw four themes I, th- I think coming out of this year's Tech Show, and we can talk about them if you want. But what what I one that really predominates, I think, is the rise of, of practice management uh, in all its various forms. Uh, a, a number of vendors now offering cloud-based or desktop-based uh, practice management applications. Uh, a number of the programs there focused on very practical and specific aspects of practice management. Uh, that was one. Another is, of course, the rise of the cloud, of cloud computing, The I think driven somewhat by... Uh, legal ethics rulings that are uh, giving uh, their approval to this. More and more lawyers are are using cloud-based applications, uh, and a lot of that being discussed there. Uh, And then just two others real quick. I I think one was the rise, increasing awareness uh, about the need to be, you know, going with the cloud, going with practice management means uh, a need to be uh, tuned into security issues. Uh, And there are a number of programs on law firm security on protecting your own data, protecting your clients' data, 
uh, and a number of applications devoted to that. And then probably the la- last but not least is, is you know, something we've been seeing for a while now, but it, it's the resurgence, I guess, of, of Apple. You know, there was a, a time uh, you and I would remember when uh, everybody was saying uh, Apple products were we're dead in the legal community. And then, uh, you know, we've come full circle now. We're uh, seeing lots of Mac users. Everybody's got an iPad uh, uh, at Tech Show. And uh, a number of the programs, again, are focused on uh, use of uh, the iPad in, in uh, trial practice and in uh, regular law practice. I would completely agree with you on that. And I was the one of uh, my my staff, almost by de- definition, were drinking the Cupertino Kool-Aid far before I was. And I remember telling them, no, we're not going to put another Apple product on the cover, you know, this month because the lawyers won't use Apple because they can't run their apps on them. And it's interesting to me because you talked about the cloud and I have two theories. I think one, I think the, the rise of Apple, which is often attributed to the iPad, I think it was actually the iPhone even more than the iPad, although you know, iPad has been phenomenal. But I think the cloud is what really was the, the, the differentiator because if the, if the software, if the practice management software and the tools that the lawyers are using is cloud-based, then it's, then it's often, and if it's supporting both Mac and PCs and Androids and other operating systems, then it doesn't matter what device you're using. The device really becomes almost a neutral. And I think that was a key factor in unlocking that seemingly impossible door where you, know, you couldn't run Microsoft Office on it effectively, so it just wasn't going to fly. Would you agree with me on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We live we live in a time now of platform neutrality. It doesn't matter what kind of a platform you're on. If you're using cloud-based applications, uh, you can work on your tablet, you can work on your desktop, uh, and, and it really doesn't matter, or your phone, as you say. And the, the, you raise the issue of security, which I think is also really, really crucial because when we relaunched uh, Law Technology News in 2011 and um, went to our new format of every other month in our traditional magazine shape, our lead story was basically called Resistance is Futile and basically saying, that, you know, whether the CIOs and, and the administrators like it or not, the lawyers are finally demanding that they be able to bring their own devices. And I think two factors have kicked in on that. One is, as you raise security, to me, the tipping point was when I believe it was Good was one of the first manufacturers who developed the ability to remotely wipe the contents of a of a phone, because I don't know a single person who hasn't left a phone in a taxi, and not one, or left it at a bar or had it stolen. And the security thing was such a huge huge factor. And in LTN, we've run article after article about CIOs like Douglas Cadell, who who was the former C, uh, CIO at Foley and Lardner, saying, hey, boys and girls, if you're not careful, CIO is going to start standing for career is over because the lawyers now actually want this technology and the days are over of lawyers being total Luddites because the baby boomers are, are retiring or dying. Um, do you agree on those? And if tell us why. Yeah, I absolutely agree on that. And then I, you know, I think the other 
side of the security issue is is this issue of using cloud-based applications. Uh, you know, lawyers have an ethical responsibility to protect the confidentiality and security of their client data, and uh, there has been question, or at least there was question, uh, as to whether putting client data in the cloud is consistent with that ethical obligation. And uh, every state uh, or local ethics panel that's considered the issue now has come out uh, saying that uh, lawyers may ethically use cloud computing provided they exercise certain degrees of due diligence in, in vetting the cloud provider and making sure that the, the pro- provider has uh, you know, essential security uh, issues in place uh, and protection. So uh, there's kind of two sides to that. I, uh, but uh, very much a, a, a topic. You know, one thing that's really interesting, I've found that uh, ABA Tech Show has maybe always had a very strong focus on the smaller firms, the mid-sized firms, smaller firms, as opposed to everybody. Yeah. And one factor that I'm wondering what you think about in terms of this transition from the lawyers being resistant to tech to embracing it was the passage this last summer of the revisions to the ABA's professional conduct rules. And they were relatively small changes in language, but we, we, a lot of our authors were really focusing on how significant they really were in basically telling lawyers, look, you know, if you, you have an obligation to at least understand, if not use, technology in your cases. Um, I, th- I think that's been a driver, but I'd be curious as to your opinion, because you, you, you're you facile in all levels of large firms and small firms. Do you think the smaller firms are perhaps more nimble on the one hand than some of the larger firms that might have more protocols and structure? Or are the small firms handicapped by the fact that they don't have that infrastructure and protocols in terms of adopting tech and incorporating it? Is it kind of a situation where a lot of them say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and I'm not going to change my ways? Or are they are the youngsters coming in and, and embracing it and saying, we're going to do it my way? Oh, it's been my perception that the the small firm, the solo and small firms have always been at the forefront of adopting technology. I mean, as you referred to in the introduction, I've been I've been writing about technology for a long time. I've been writing about the internet uh, since the early 90s. And uh, I think perhaps driven by necessity in a sense. I mean, law, smaller firms need to economize. They need to do things uh, in, in a manner that that gives them the biggest bang for the least buck, and technology is what does that. And uh, I mean, I I used to find that some of the earliest adopters of some of the internet technology were some of the most remote solo lawyers uh, in rural areas where they didn't have a comprehensive law library nearby or or, uh, office facilities nearby or whatever. Uh, So, I I mean, I've always thought that small firm lawyers were at the forefront uh, and, and that as you say, the big firms just just haven't been as nimble about adopting it. Uh, you know, it, it, I think that it, it's interesting with the big firms now that that they're they're being forced into adopting forms of technology they don't really want to adopt. They're they're being forced by their own 
lawyers and perhaps by their clients as well, but but the lawyers don't want to be told what platform they have to be using and what operating system they have to be using. Uh, they want that kind of nimble. You know, I, I think you're uh, absolutely right. And I think one driver that, that is becoming increasingly obvious is that the dynamic has changed in big law between who has the power in the relationship, the GC or the um, or the outside counsel. And it's really screamingly clear to me that the GCs are fed up and that they're starting to call the shots on tech. And we've been running a series of articles by D. Casey Flaherty, who is a, who is a um, corporate counsel at Kia Motors. And he's, he's doing amazing things such as uh, when he does a beauty contest requiring the competitors to bring an associate who has to take a tech audit and spend an afternoon doing some very basic tasks that might involve effectively using you know word or or constructing uh, you know a basic document and I think there's a lot of change in the, in that area uh, let me take a quick break and we will hear from our sponsors and then we'll be right back to talk a little bit about some specific uh, uh, new launches and new developments that that uh, Bob reported on at uh, ABA Tech Show. We'll talk to you shortly. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just send us an email at advertising at legaltalknetwork.com. And we're back from the break. I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and I am here with Bob Ambrosi, a lawyer in Rockport. Did I get that right, Massachusetts? Rockport, Massachusetts. Do they make the shoes there? No, that's Rockport, Maine. We make lobsters okay. here. <laughs> oh, well, that's good, too. And uh, for those of you who might not be familiar, Bob has been the original and all the way through uh, writer of our WebWatch column. He joined me the Day I was named editor-in-chief, and we are so grateful to have you, Bob, and your wonderful insights. Um, let's talk briefly about a couple of the releases that you wrote about, uh, the, the products at um, uh, ABA Tech Show, and then I want to give you a chance before we finish to tell our listeners a little bit more about your new show, or your yeah. continuing show, on the Legal Talk Network. Um, Larry Port is one of my favorite people on the planet. He wrote what was the all-time funniest article I have ever run in LTN, and he actually won an award for it for our Greenlock column, writing this amazing story about his Prius and mulch. And if you, had, if you didn't read it, send me an email at mbay at alm.com. I will send you a copy of it. 
It is the funniest story I have ever run. And he is a character. And he has taken a little uh, 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 launch into a new frontier with, with Rocket Matter, his practice management um, software. Tell us a little bit about his latest move. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. Rocket Matter, of course, is a cloud-based practice management platform. It was, uh, I think, the, the very first uh, to, to launch out there. Clio and Rocket Matter were kind of neck and neck when they launched a few years back. But uh, at, at TechShow, uh, Larry uh, and, and Rocket Matter revealed a, a new direction, uh, which is, I mean, they're going to continue Rocket Matter, of course, but he's launched an, a new product slash service called Rocket X1. Uh, it's kind of a complete uh, soup to nuts internet marketing service for law firms that will provide a, a package of a, a, a website, a blogging platform, a search engine optimization, uh, public relations, social media counseling and consulting, uh, and uh, even even to some extent uh, guidance on content creation for, for blogs and, and, uh, and, and website and whatnot. Um, well, if anybody can do it, Larry Port can do it. Yeah. Uh, he, he has more energy than any human being I've ever met. Uh, and yeah. Well, he's good, he's good at it himself, and, and he, feel, he feels like he can kind of share some of what he's learned over the years about Internet marketing. So I, I think that's fascinating. And it's an interesting trend, too, because I, I, I can certainly see other companies going on a similar path. Bob, we're running out of time, but before we do, um, and I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners about your new show, uh, tell us a little bit about the new integrations for Clio. Well, Clio, uh, all these practice management platforms keep upgrading and, and announcing new enhancements. Uh, at, at Tech Show, Clio announced uh, new integrations, one with Net Documents, which is a, a really powerful uh, web-based, cloud-based document management and document sharing service. And the other one is with Xero, uh, X-E-R-O, Xero.com, which is uh, a, a full-featured uh, accounting platform, uh, really a, a suitable for small and mid-sized law firms. It has financial reporting, payroll, bank reconciliation, invoicing, claim management, check writing, and accounts payable features. So uh, those, those are key. Neither of those are actually available yet in Clio. They're coming out uh, in May. Uh, it'll be out uh, available to users in May. Terrific. And Bob, if folks wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you? Uh, well, they can always go to my blog, lawsitesblog.com, uh, or email me at ambrogi at gmail.com. And before we wrap up, tell, tell our listeners a little bit more about your show that's coming back to the Legal Talk Network. Well, you know, we had Lawyer to Lawyer. Was, uh, we had gone for uh, seven years. Uh, we've been Craig uh, Williams and I, Craig is a lawyer in California, and I have been doing this show weekly for seven years. We're, we're about to get going again with the Legal Talk Network. I think we're going to uh, uh, perhaps do it on an every other week basis uh, going forward, but focus on uh, current uh, events and news and trends in the legal profession. Well, I can't wait for that to come back, and I'm so thrilled that both of us are back with the Legal Talk Network. At this point, I want to be sure to give my regular shout-outs to our wonderful team. In New York, it's Charles Garner, who is our producer, and David Brown, my boss, who is the vice president and editor-in-chief of ALM. In Denver, we have Trent Carlyle and James Palmer. And in Los Angeles, it's Adam Camrus, all with the Legal Talk Network. And just to remind you that uh, Legal Talk Now is a partnership 
with the Legal Talk Network and ALM. And you can find us on the LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at LawTechnologyNow.com. And as I always say, because we're so cool, we are on iTunes. And my final reminder before I say that I'm looking forward to seeing you next month is to always remember that there is no crying in technology or baseball. I'm Monica Bay. We'll see you next month. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Law Technology Now, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Monica Bay for our next podcast covering the technology issues affecting the legal profession. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. 